0: and welcome to the Black Coffee Fight Club, episode number three. It's Monday morning, and I'm sitting down to give you guys this episode. I think in general I'm going to record these on Sundays, but yesterday being a holiday, I was visiting with my family, so I didn't get a chance to record this. Sunday's a good day, so that Monday morning we have an episode uh, ready and waiting for you guys. Before we get started, I just want to give a shout-out to Mike March for uh, being our newest Patreon. Um, if you're not familiar with what that is, it's a, a sort of crowdfunding platform, which um, I'm employing to upgrade the Everything Went Black, uh, Black Coffee, Fight Club, Necromaniacs uh, presence here with the podcasting and the blog and that sort of stuff. Uh, one of the main uh, objectives is to upgrade my equipment. You know, my computer is about, I don't know, it's got to be 10 years old at this point. Uh, it's pretty much on its last legs. I could use some more equipment. Uh, just an overall improvement of production quality. That's the first goal. Um, you know, get a new mic, some new cables, upgrade the Pro Tools setup here. Uh, be able to provide a higher quality output for you guys. So that's like my main goal. If you go to everythingwentblackmedia.com, there's a, a button up top. That says donate a Patreon, and you don't necessarily have to donate. You can just look at the Patreon site. You can follow it, and that way you can just become part of the community. Which I'm going to start sharing stuff uh, via that system. Um, still trying to figure out what the incentives are. Uh, right now, there's like three different incentives. You can give as little as a dollar, three dollars, or five dollars. You know, five dollars being the uh, you know the highest uh, level that we have. Playing around with some ideas, Patreon just kind of gives you a generic suggestion of some of the things that you can offer uh, for incentives, and uh, one of those is uh, high-res versions of the, pr- of the product, which I don't know if uh, having a wave file of uh, a podcast is something that any of you guys are interested in. Um, but one of the things that I was thinking about doing for the $5 incentive is to offer t-shirts... Uh, you know, bags, you know, those cool tote bags, and also a full catalog of all of the back episodes because apparently it's come to my attention that iTunes only offers, uh, you know, several, they, they missed out apparently on the first 60 or 70 episodes of, uh, of the podcast. Those are no longer available on iTunes. So one of the things I'll do is I'll send you a, um, you know, a, zip file or whatever of uh, all of the episodes that you missed and you can go back to the beginning and uh, check out the very first episode that me and my buddy Mike Scandato recorded after watching a Serbian film. Uh, that was back when I had no idea what I wanted to do with the podcast or how I wanted to approach it and it was just the two of us sitting in a diner after watching this really intense uh, you know, horror movie and um, that's how it all started. More of a long-term goal is I want to really you know, sort of evolved this whole thing into a legitimate media outlet. Um, You know, something, I I hate to name names, but something like, you know, for lack of of a better comparison, um, something like Vice, like an actual channel where you have like, you know, articles, uh, interviews, um, you know, in-depth content about certain subjects. And then, uh, you know, regular video content, uh, documentary style stuff, uh, you know, my buddy Dave Mercado and I, Dave's a, um, you know, I don't know if he wants me to drop his name at this point, but Dave's, a, you know, producer, and uh, he has a lot of experience making, you know, this kind of stuff happen, and uh, we've kicked around a bunch of really cool ideas, and uh, I'd love to be able to bring all that stuff into reality, but... It really is going to take uh, some additional resources that, um, you know, obviously you guys are listening now and you're into this. So, yeah, we're looking to the uh, to the listeners to support this, similar to the way NPR does business. You know, if you're interested, you can donate some money. Uh, it could be a regular monthly thing. It could be a one-time donation. It could be any level of involvement that you want to involve yourself. The beauty of it is, um, unlike other subscription services, if uh, you decide you want to be, you know, contributor for six months, and then after six months, nothing really changes. Um, You know, you can still listen to the podcast, you can still enjoy all the content, but you will have been a key member in trying to move this whole operation forward, and that's something I really appreciate. And even if you don't want to uh, contribute, I still appreciate you guys, because, you know, you're listening, and uh, that means a lot to me. And um, at the very least, you can share and uh, you know encourage other people. So that's really all I can ask for. Uh, so just going to give a quick rundown. If you go to everythingwithblackmedia.com, um, you'll also see some affiliate sponsorships. There's the Onnit MCT oil, which is, I just finished drinking two cups of coffee right now, which have butter and Onnit MCT oil in them, blended to perfection. Start my day every day with Savage Gold Coffee, on it mct oil and carry gold butter and uh it really kind of puts you in this awesome mindset for the rest of the day another uh if you go down the site you'll also see a portal for the on it kettlebells i own an, i own an on it kettlebell i'm a big fan of that type of training um a you know, pretty big staple of uh Martial arts training is uh, that type of functional strength training, and the best one of the best ways to achieve that is by using kettlebells. And I'm a big fan of the Onnit products, so you can go through that portal. I'll take you to a link to their site, and um, you can buy the kettlebells, battle ropes, all that kind of fitness equipment. You know clubs. Uh, you know all these really interesting ways of getting a great workout. And um, the last portal is DasuSara. And that's um, you know another product that I've 100% fullheartedly back. I have a couple different DotsaSara bags at this point, and uh, they all work great. You know they're made out of hemp and um, antimicrobial. Uh, if you're looking for a, you know a gear bag to put your equipment in, um, you know boxing gloves, a gi, shin guards, headgear. You know, that kind of stuff. You can you can get the Battle Pack, which is what I own. I'm actually on my second Battle Pack. The first one just fell apart from sheer wear. I had it for several years, took it on a bunch of different tours overseas. And uh, it was just time to get a new bag. But I got a good, solid, you know, several, couple, four years out of it. And, uh, yeah, I have no complaints about it. It's a great bag. It looks really cool. It's black. has this kind of tactical vibe. You know, makes you look like you're the guy that means business when you show up wearing one of these bags. Another big, uh, big product I love by them is the is the fanny pack, which is, a, I bring that out me on tour. It's got my little utility belt kit in there. You know, I got a knife, flashlight, you know, tuner, you know, things like that. You know, the stuff I need on the road. And, uh, yeah, it's a cool little accessory. And, uh, yeah, you look a little goofy walking around with a uh, fanny pack, but, hey, I think we're all secure in who we are, and we have a really positive self-image, so I'm not going to let wearing a fanny pack upset any of that. So uh, so there you go. Um, also, if you live in the New York area and you are interested in training Muay Thai, uh, check out Rockton Muay Thai out in Queens. It's uh, run by some uh, people I used to train with over at Koban's Muay Thai camp. And it's uh, currently, right now, it's inside of the Henzo Gracie Academy, Astoria. So if you're interested, check it out. Some great people um, are running that spot. Uh, You know, they're not giving me any money to mention them. I just think they're cool guys, and I really would like to see them succeed. And uh, I am going to give a plug to my current workout place, the Physical Culture Collective. Um, Muay Thai, Jiu-Jitsu, strength training, uh, yoga, All that cool stuff, you know. It's out in Bushwick once again. If you're like a uh, living in Brooklyn or Queens area, and you want a a great place to train with good, positive people, you could you could check that place out too. So this past weekend, there was a pretty fair amount of. Combat sports and martial arts. I actually didn't realize that Bellator 177 was happening uh, Friday night. That was uh, the fight. Had, you know the, the event had already started, and I to my surprise, Bellator kickboxing was right after that. So I checked some of that out too. Uh, fan favorite and ex Glory kickboxer Joe Schilling won, and um, you know that's he's a big favorite of mine. He defeated Alexandro Negria by a decision. And another fan favorite and ex-glory combatant Raymond Daniels also won, defeating Giorfi Shaba. And uh, if you're if you're not a kickboxing fan, and um, I I really urge you to check out the sport. I mean, if you if you watch MMA and you're into the stand-up part of that, and you're not so into the ground game, then it's a no-brainer that you would like kickboxing. It's exciting. It's fast-paced. The rounds are short. It's like three-minute rounds. So there's a lot of action within those three minutes of each round, and um, you know some of the some of the best um, athletes in kickboxing are uh, competing in Bellator and Glory right now. Then there's also a lesser known, though not I would say equal in action. There's Lion Fight, which has full tie rules, which uh, means elbows, clinching, knees in the clinch, sweeps, throws, all that good stuff. So I mean. If you want to experience Muay Thai in the way the way that you should be experiencing it, definitely check out Lion Fight. That's another big favorite of mine. So anyway, we had um, this past weekend, Demetrius Johnson uh, tied Anderson Silva's uh, title defense record with his 10 straight win, and he uh, masterfully defeated Wilson Hayes via armbar, which I found to be pretty amazing since Hayes is a high-level jiu-jitsu practitioner, um, really high-level black belt. <clears throat> And uh, yeah, once again, it uh, pretty much proves that Demetrius Johnson is going to go down in the annals of MMA as one of the greatest champions ever, in my opinion. I mean, he's earned his spot next to Anderson Silva. Um, he's in the same conversation as uh, Chuck Liddell, uh, Randy Couture, like all these luminaries. Um, and I think he's, he's poised on making history inside the UFC. And uh, if you're into technique and strategy... You can't really go wrong by watching Demetrius Johnson fight. And the only downside is that I think a lot of people are not that interested in the lighter weight classes, uh, like 125. They're little guys. There's not really the big power punching that you see. And uh, I just think that people are biased against like smaller dudes. On the other hand, for me, that's where I feel like the most technical fighters live in the lower weight classes. I mean
1: they don't really have
0: the same sort of power that a guy that is fighting at light heavyweight or middleweight has. So they, their, their bouts are usually way more technical and strategy oriented. And that's primarily the reason why I like watching any kind of combat sport. Um, you know, one of the exceptions is John Lineker, who seems to be, uh, this, you know, punching machine, heavy leather thrower and, uh, Even though he's, I mean, he moved up to bantamweight, but he's, uh, he punches like he's in, uh, (laughs) like he's a welterweight, like the dude weighs like 170 pounds. So, so that was a great fight. I actually was on my feet giving a standing ovation when, uh, when DJ won by armbar. I mean, he had, he had him on ground a pound, he's mounted, you know, he saw an opening and he grabbed up the arm. And that to me was like a really exciting moment in the entire evening of fights. The co-main event, the co-main event was uh, Thug Rose Nami versus Michelle, the Karate Heidi Watterson. And Nami I actually had Watterson picked to win this one. Uh, I'm a fan of both of these ladies. Uh, I actually was convinced that Waterson was going to take the victory, but Rose submitted her via rear naked choke. And uh, it was a, you know, high volume fight. There was a lot of scrambles. Uh, there was, you know, really good striking by both women. And uh, ultimately, uh, Rose uh, capitalized on this uh, beautiful right round kick, rocked her, she went to the canvas, mounted her, grabbed up that rear naked choke, and submitted her. And it was like a beautiful display of uh, grappling. So um, so yeah, what's next for Rose? Uh, I guess, you know, she's uh, going to fight the winner of uh, on Njacek versus Jessica Andrade. Um, you will know, see how she fares. Uh, Ioana is a destroyer, so who knows? Um, that's going to be a tough fight for Rose. But the downside for, for uh, Jacek is that she really isn't known for her grappling. I mean, she's got pretty good uh, takedown and defense. But uh, I can see Rose winning if uh, they start clinch fighting. You know, and Ioana will default to her uh, Muay Thai techniques so, of Sweeps, elbows, throws. And, um, you know, Nami Yunus may resort to this sort of uh, tricky uh, judo trips or, you know, some kind of uh, takedown or, you know, something from the clinch or a Greco Roman throw or something like that. And then if she's successfully able to pin Yoana down to the ground, I feel like, you know, the victory might be there for Nami Yunus. <clears throat> Another big upset of the evening was Robert Whitaker. Another big upset of the evening was Robert Whitaker defeating Jacare via TKO stoppage. Props to Whitaker. Jacare was a heavy favorite, and uh, Whitaker just kind of beat the odds. He rolled in there, controlled the pace of the fight, uh, had awesome takedown defense, and Jacare just didn't have an answer for any of that stuff. And uh, it was a great fight. I think overall this card was pretty awesome. It was, um, you know, a lot of like. <clears throat> Like, really exciting fights. And uh, it was all free on Fox. Now, let's talk about Jacare for a minute. This is the problem with the matchmaking of the UFC in its current uh, three-ring circus incarnation. Honestly, Jacare is, looks like it's he's going to turn out to be the most talented fighter who never fought for a UFC title. I mean, luckily for him, He he re-signed with the UFC prior to this loss, so he's at least covered for the next year, year, maybe two years of his fighting career. But, you know, he's 37 years old, and your argument can be made that he's entering the twilight of his career. And um, he never had that shot that I think maybe a year ago he would have been more apt to win. But, you know, as time goes on and he takes more and more punishment, you know, more training camps, you know, People slow down as they get older. And, you know, he's, he's a vet. He's been at this for quite a long time, and there's all sorts of wear and tear in his body. I mean, he's had massive uh, elbow and joint um, operations. Uh, so, you know, it's, uh, it's a tough game, man. And um, it's definitely a young man's game to be at this level. So uh, it's a shame. It's a shame to see Jacare uh, spend his career and be such a talented fighter and never actually get a shot for the title. I mean, I realize Joe Romero is ahead of him in line, but it's still, I think that if we had, if the UFC had followed a more competitive-based uh, structure for calling these, uh, you know, giving these tit- these shots out, these uh, matches out, that Jacare would have fought like a year ago. So, anyway, it's sad, but this is the way things are going, I, I see. Um it's becoming more and more spectacle, and the sport has been uh, suffering as a result. Let me know what your thoughts is on this. Um, I mean, some people enjoy the spectacles. I, I like them too, but I also would really like for there to be a, uh, a rhyme or reason as to how these matches are made. I know that Bellator has these tentpole events, and the, but they also maintain a logical uh, bracket system where. The best fighters are always fighting the best fighters. And I I, I applaud them for that. This coming weekend, we have UFC Fight Night Nashville on Saturday, April 22nd. The uh, headlining event is sort of curious to me. It's uh, Cub Swanson versus Artem Lobov. Now, Swanson is ranked number four And Lobov is currently unranked. And, um, you know, how the hell did he get this fight? You know, I see there's press out there saying that could Lobov be one fight away from a title shot? And I think that is like one of the most ridiculous things I've ever heard since I think Artem Lobov is one of the most talentless, unskilled fighters in the division. I mean, he's got a great chin. He's got a puncher's chance in defeating all his people. But he hasn't really beaten anybody. You know, I mean... I think his, he has a 500... He's barely above 500 in his overall record, meaning that he's lost pretty much just as many fights as he's won. So I don't see that as being a uh, championship material. I mean, he has... He lost his two first two fights in the UFC, and then he beat Chris Avila, and uh, and he has a decision victory over Toruto Ishihara. And, uh, I mean, his, his fight against Avila, it was Avila's first fight, I believe, and uh, that's... No, neither one of those guys actually looked very good in that fight, in my opinion. Um, it's kind of a dumb move on Swanson's part to give a guy like that a fight. Um, I think that, uh, you know, Lobov did a good job of uh talking, calling him out, and I just think that uh, Swanson should have just sat back and kind of waited for a more strategic fight. I think that he he also le- legitimately is up one or two fights outside of taking a, uh, a title shot. you know. So I think that it's foolish for him to, to, to even entertain the thought of fighting a guy like, like Lobov. And uh, it's unfortunate. I mean, that seems to be the way that they do things out of that camp. Um, I know that Gunnar Nelson tried a, a similar thing with Stephen Thompson, except Stephen Thompson was like, why would I fight you? You're like ranked, I don't know, 10th or something like that. You know, Thompson's good played, played the smart game. He just, you know, I'm just going to wait again and see what I, you know, fight another top five guy or, you know, politic for another title defense, you know, title shot, like that kind of thing. So I don't know, man. Swanson should win this fight. So I'm picking him. I'm going with logic. Swanson should win this fight. Um, I just think he's a he's got more experience. He has more success with higher level opponents and uh, he should win. However, the fights that you should win, that you're expected to win, are oftentimes the most dangerous ones. So I'm still going with uh, Swanson. I'm going to pick him by decision. I think that Lobov is uh, probably an impossible guy to knock out at that weight. And um, I know that Swanson's uh, his submission game isn't, isn't as developed as a striking game. So I'm going to say that he outpoints Lobov. Next up on this uh, card is veteran Diego Sanchez versus Raging Al Ayakinta, who's currently ranked number fourteen in the lightweight division. Raging Al is coming back after a hiatus uh, spent selling real estate out on Long Island. Um, you know he had some sort of uh, you know contract dispute or wasn't happy with the quantity of money. His compensation wasn't meeting his uh, needs. So he kind of sat things out. It was um, debatable whether or not he was actually ever going to come back. Uh, He got into selling real estate out on Long Island. He was getting some level of success. But I guess the allure of the octagon was enough uh, to bring him back. So he's coming back. Um, Iaquinta's last fight was his controversial win over Jorge Masvidal, and that was back in 2015. Uh, a lot of people thought that uh, Masvidal won that fight. Uh, I kind got the nod. I kind of felt Jorge did win that fight. It was a really, really narrow decision. And, um, yeah, that was the last time you saw him. And, uh, you know, all of six, 2016, he was gone. And, um, you know, who knows what kind of condition he's going to be in. I mean, that's kind of a long time to be out of competition. So, yeah, know, well, Rage and Al is a young kid. You know, he's in a good camp of uh, you know hard nosed wrestlers and uh, you know the the Longo Sarah camp, so I'm sure those guys are going to have him in great condition. Uh, both of these guys like to throw a lot. You know both are very game opponents, and uh, you know it should be a good it should be a barn burner actually. I think this one is going to be uh, one of those fights. It might, this might even be fight of the night. These two guys because they they're both exciting fighters. They both like to come forward. Uh, Diego Sanchez has got like an ironclad chin for the most part and um, I know he's gonna come ready to go you know and uh, we'll see what happens. Sanchez um, has been through a lot has uh, had an up and down career he is coming off of a win over Marcin Held who was uh, a big prospect after he came up from Bellator I mean he was you know Sort of uh, burning things up on Bellator. then we got an opportunity with the UFC and he's dropped his first two. So uh, Diego's one of those fights. I think it might have been his first or second fight uh, in the UFC that held you know against uh, Sanchez that might have been he's their first or second fight, I can't remember. <clears throat> but yeah, Sanchez is a tough fight for anyone. you know he's probably like one of the most game opponents you can have. Uh, let's see, over the last four fights, he's 2-2. Two and two. Uh, He's got a win over Held, who I just mentioned, and also Jim Miller, who's a excellent competitor as well. <clears throat> and he's got losses to Joe Lozon, who's fighting tonight also, and Ricardo Lamas. So it's hard to pick, but I think I'm going to go with uh, Sanchez by decision. Uh, I think that Sanchez has been active. Uh, he's got a couple wins happening, and I think that Quinta his time away might be working against him. Uh, so I'm going to go with Sanchez just because he's got uh, a lot more experience. And um, that's going to be a, a slim decision. So, But I'm still going to pick Sanchez. Next up, we got Ovin St. Preux versus Marcos Jogirio de Lima at the light heavyweight division. St. Preux is ranked eighth currently in the narrow sort of, well, actually not narrow, but the shallow light heavyweight division. And it's getting shallower. So, uh, you know, now Anthony Johnson has left. So that's one less top guy there in the light heavyweight division. OSP is coming off of three consecutive losses, so he needs to make something happen here. Uh, his, uh, his job's on the line. You get to that three loss in a row, Level and people start you start showing up on the radars of people who you, whose radars you do not want to show up on. So I think that he's going to have to figure something out moving forward. Delima is two and two in his last four. Uh, neither one of these guys is really lighting up the sky recently. Um, this might become this might be like one of the more boring fights of the night. I'm gonna I'm gonna make that prediction. Uh, ultimately, I'm going to go with OSP. Um, I think that his motivation to win will give him a slight edge in this fight. Uh, skill wise, I don't really see much difference in these two guys. And uh, experience wise, this is just sort of like, to me, one of these fights where I might uh, get a couple sli- slices of pizza or something, you know? But anyway, I'm going with OSP. We got John Dodson ranked number seven in the bantamweight division versus Eddie Wineland. And uh, after dropping two to his nemesis, Demetrius Johnson, who is possibly one of the greatest fighters in MMA. Dotson's coming off a decision loss to heavy hitter John Lineker. And he's got a TKO win over Manny Gamburian. So that's his, uh, that's the action he has at Bantam weight right now. Lineker used to be uh, also a, a featherweight, uh, not featherweight, used to be a, a flyweight guy, but he couldn't continue to make that weight. So he moved up to Bantam. And now, uh, you know, Lineker's one, of, like I said before, Lineker's one of those guys, throws heavy leather, likes to, like those hooks. He throws, he throws these punches like, a, like sort of like an orangutan, you know, kind of these like, hooks. Now the hook is really useful when you're up close and when you're at distance, you want to use ones and twos, you know, jabs and crosses, but Lineker throws these hooks from way the hell out at kicking range. So I don't know, but somehow he, he connects and he knocks people out. So good for him. But, um, but yeah, you know, Dodson, uh, down at, at, uh, flyweight, he had two shots at Demetrius Johnson and came up short both times. So I guess if I were him, I would consider moving up to a different weight class as well. You know, he's a big, powerful guy. Um, You know, but he's one and one at that weight class, you know. And and Manny Gamburian, though, one of the tougher guys actually in that division, Uh, I think he retired recently. I think that he's had a number of physical issues that motivated him to call it quits for MMA. I heard his interview on Ariel Helwani's uh, MMA Hour post fight with uh, Dodson, and he sounded like a guy who who was pretty much ready to call it a day. So who knows how much that contributed to uh, Dodson's win? Um, you know, fighting a guy who was mentally, po- you know, possibly the mental game might not have been there. But anyway, Dodson's a fine fighter, and um, you know, uh, I'd like to see him have some success. Uh, you know, Vineland is coming off a two-fight winning streak, so we'll see. Um, I'm going to go with uh, with Dotson on this one. You know, Wy- Wy- Vineland's a, it's, you know it's a good fighter, but I just think that Dotson will will have uh, more speed, and I think that that might play into the, into his uh, his winning. And I also think that you know he's in a good camp and that he is going to be able to make adjustments. You know, based on his last two fights that he's had at Bantamweight, and he's still settling into that weight class. But I think that Dodson's going to become uh, a force in that division. So I'm going to pick him in this one. <clears throat> Up next, we got Joe, Lo- Joe Lozon versus Stevie Ray in the lightweight division. Fan favorite and veteran Jill Lozon has had an inconsistent run. Uh, he's two and two in his last four with uh, losses to Jim Miller and Evan Dunham and wins over Marcin Held and Diego Sanchez. Now, if you listen to the list of wins and losses and compare them to Diego Sanchez, that's another proof of why MMA math doesn't seem to work. <laughs> um, you know, a lot of times people are like, well, if this guy beat that guy, And this guy lost to that guy, then this guy should beat that guy, and that doesn't always uh, ring true. And this, I think, is a good example of that. Uh, Stevie Ray is three and one; his last four. Both have a lot of experience, but Lozon has a higher pedigree of competition, I think. And um, you know, Lozon, I think he's got a few more good years left in him. He's been at this for quite a while. Um, You know, he's uh, you know he's got rocked a bunch of times. But I still think that he's got what it takes to defeat Stevie Ray. So I'm going to ultimately pick Joe Lozon. Open in the main card, we got Jake Ellenberger versus Mike Platinum Perry in the welterweight division. This should be a good fight with two guys who like to throw down. Um, you know, Both of these guys are known for moving forward. Um, You know, throwing a lot of volume, that kind of thing. Uh, you know, Ellenberger is always a great fight. You know, he brings it. He's a dangerous guy, but he's coming off of a, a loss to Jorge Masvidal. And that also had a little bit of controversy, if you remember. Um, you know, there was like... I forgot what round it was, but Ellenberger was like caught up on the fence or something like that and uh he's his guard was down, he was thinking they were going to stop the fight, you know, the ref and the ref uh didn't stop the fight and Masvidal uh tuned him up and got a TKO. Um so yeah, that you know, he he's going to be motivated, I think, to come out swinging on this one. Uh newcomer Mike Perry is coming off of a loss to Alan Joban. And uh, his ability to move forward is actually what worked against him against uh, Alan Joban. Um for those of you who might have saw that fight, uh, that the, you know, he basically was counterstruck against. You know uh, Perry he was trying to walk down Joban. Joban being a superior tactician, sort of like, you know, moved, used a lot of lateral motion. And just counterstruck against Perry and just outpointed him. So I don't think the Ellenberger approach is the same. I think Ellenberger is gonna come forward. I think both guys are gonna come forward. There's gonna be a lot of a lot of strikes thrown. Um and I think that Ellenberger is gonna uh you know, emerge from this thing victorious, you know. So my pick is uh Jake Ellenberger. Um yeah. So there's some other interesting fights earlier on, uh, you know, in the prelim. I'm not gonna go through all the preliminaries, uh We got Talas Leach versus Smiling Sam Alvey. Uh, I I always like watching Sam Alvey fight. He's got like a weird style. He's got that really sketchy grin on his face the whole time, and it I don't know. I just uh, it's interesting. I don't think he's a great. I don't think he's a top five guy, but he's an entertaining fighter. And then we got Dustin Ortiz versus Brandon Brandon Moreno. And um, Brandon Moreno, I believe. Uh, I, I kind of started watching him when he was on ultimate fighter and, uh, he just seems like a very game guy, someone who's down for hard training, ready to throw. And, uh, I just like his attitude. So I'm going to try to tune in early for that one too. And, um, yeah, speaking of the ultimate fighter, man, I honestly hope that, um, that they decide to discontinue that series. I think that viewership has been down and it's not really, uh, compelling the way it used to be, at least not to me. I know that they have TJ Dillashaw, Cody Garbrandt, uh, facing off against each other with what I consider to be mostly a fabricated beef between the two men. Um, I mean, you have to ask yourself, you know, does Cody Garbrandt really have anything against TJ Dillashaw and vice versa? Or are we just getting into once again, the entertainment aspects of MMA? Uh, trying to create, um, you know, drama where maybe their drama shouldn't exist, or is this like a real beef? Like these guys legitimately don't like, you know, dislike each other. Yeah, that stuff to me it just falls short. It gets very thin, and um, I'm kind of like over that, uh, you know, that sort of WWE-esque, you know, manipulation that seems to be going on. So uh, yeah, I don't know. Those are my picks. Uh, on Facebook, you can uh, you can put your picks down in the comments for this episode when it goes up. If you if you're so inclined, I'm definitely interested in hearing what you guys think about some of these picks. Uh, so yeah, once again, um, you know we got the Patreon thing sort of up. You can definitely pledge money. I'm still trying to figure out uh, what you guys what would be a really good incentive for someone to join. Um, you know, I just want to make it worth your while you know, I mean, I definitely appreciate the support, but I also want to give back in a more immediate sense instead of waiting until I can upgrade the equipment and kick off this whole other phase of operations, which, you know, we're, you know, legitimately, we're looking quite a ways out before something like that can actually take hold. But so, yeah, I'd like to show my appreciation, you know, I'm looking at working on t-shirt designs, uh, If you're a a regular everything went black listener and you're not really into the MMA stuff, there will be a a design which would appeal to you, you know, sort of this kind of like, you know, esoteric, you know, dark kind of like, you know, sort of graphic. And specifically, if you really like this podcast and you're into um, mixed martial arts or, you know, wrestling or, you know, boxing, kickboxing, combat sports, that kind of stuff, jiu-jitsu... Um, some people have suggested that we do, uh, you know, like an old school tap out design, you know, kind of like a rip off of that type of shirt, like a walkout type shirt, you know, especially now since the UFC has done away with, uh, the individuality that some of these fighters have and picking their walkout gear. Um, it'd be kind of a cool homage to the old, good old days of, uh, winged skulls and battle axes. And, uh, Stuff like that, so yeah, you know, maybe maybe that's what we do. You, you maybe you get a choice, you know, and then also, um, you know, I found out that some people are also interested in getting rash guards, which is like, one hundred percent. There will be a black coffee fight club uh, rash guard surfacing at some point. Um, you know, if if you train jitsu or you know if you wrestle, um, these things are very useful in uh, you know avoiding infection and uh they also just look cool like if you want to walk around with this like skin tight shirt with a cool logo on it then yeah you could you can do that too i've seen dudes at uh weightlifting gyms wearing rash guards too so i don't think they're into grappling they're just into like wearing tight shirts so there you go if you want to wear a tight shirt have a cool logo and maybe people will be like "Huh, i wonder if that guy's into jiu-jitsu you can uh you can pick up one of these rash guards and that will I mean, this is all, like, uh, semantics because I haven't actually completed any of these designs. But the Rash Guard and the Fight Club shirt will have the same design. And they will will be based on some old-school MMA walkout-type stuff, you know. Some gigantic print with a skull and wings. You know, maybe it'll be uh, foil. Like, who knows? You know, let me know. It'll definitely be cool. And uh, that's all I can promise you guys at this point. So there you go, man. Thanks for listening. Um, enjoy the fights this weekend. Done um, on fight weeks. This will come out. I will record this on Sunday, and it will it will be out on Monday. Generally speaking, uh, that's going to be the schedule. I think so. You can expect to see this Monday morning. Once again, if you're not into it, just skip the episode, man. Um, before too long, I got a bunch of other guests lined up to, uh, to do the other the other. Everything went black. Kind of more. Uh, you know, creative, artistic-based stuff. So that's coming down the pike soon. I promise to get back to that too. Um, if you want to follow me on inst- on Instagram, it's Mike underscore Hill underscore Primate. I generally follow everyone back. If you notice on my uh, Instagram, I almost I pretty much am one for one with followers and follow followees. So, I'm not one of these guys who just, you know, I like to see what you guys are up to. I love Instagram. I think it's fun. It's a cool way to check in on stuff and, you know, find out what people are into. Facebook, it's Michael Hill. Um, Definitely, uh, you know, hit me up on there. Uh, Everything Went Black also has its own dedicated page, as does Necromaniacs, as does Savage Gold Coffee, which... Is fueling this podcast right now. Um, Twitter at Mike Hill HQ. So give me a follow on Twitter. I'm not so active on Twitter, uh, but occasionally I tweet things. I always tweet the episodes when they come out, and um, pretty much anything that's uh, significant. And uh, yeah, that's pretty much uh, that's pretty much all we got going for today. Um, if you listen to this episode, give it a review on iTunes um star rating you can write a little brief review if you if you want um and there you go man and once again definitely check out that patreon if you don't want to contribute any money that's cool if you want to just uh you know follow it and become like a, a follower and just check out the progress of everything that's cool too but please uh share if you enjoy all this stuff let other people know about it if some of your friends like MMA and they think this is a cool they might think this is a cool podcast to listen to so let them know about it too and uh, I'll talk to you guys sooner than later. Everyone have a great week.